0: And then there was the rainy week where I realized that I had not physically left my house for over three days. This is episode 381 of the Dan York Report, and this is part two of a three part exploration of remote working and some of what I've learned since I started doing it back in 1999. Now, the previous episode 380 talked about the many, many advantages to working in a home office. This episode will talk about the disadvantages and The next episode, 382, eighty-two, will talk about some of the lessons I and others have learned that can help you thrive in a home environment, and potentially if you aren't doing that, to think about whether you want to get into that. So uh, to me, there are so many advantages to working in a home office in, in a remote worker environment that I can't honestly see myself leaving. But... I could see potentially at some point getting into an environment where I worked at an office partly in and out of a home, I don't know. But to me, it's there's so many advantages. I love it, I'm happy in this. But that isn't to say there are not many disadvantages and many things that I've found and I've struggled with over time. Now, some of what I'm about to talk about too differs depending upon whether you are a, like a single remote employee to an organization that has mostly people in an office, or whether you're part, as I am now, of a widely distributed organization where many or most of the workforce is all uh, remote. And that will vary a lot of this, you know, widely. And to be, again, I started work in 1999 in a home office in New Hampshire. I did that for a couple of years. Then I went into an office environment for about five years, and then in 2005, I left, I went back into a home environment and that's where I've been ever since. So, let's talk a little bit about what some of those disadvantages are. I should say too, this is my reflections, but then I also put this out on Twitter in early October and I received a significant number of comments back, many of which echoed what I had, but there were other thoughts that I will uh, I'll relay at the end of this as well. Probably the number one thing is uh, that's challenging with being in a home office is Loneliness, isolation. You know, you are with yourself, you know, for the entire time of your work day and everything else. Now, it's gotten way better than 1999. We have very strong and powerful video calls. We have systems with messaging, things like Slack and other stuff that help you stay better connected to your other remote employees or to other people. But it's still hard, it's still a challenge. And now, Some of this, of course, also comes where you are in the introvert versus extrovert spectrum. You can imagine that I'm up at that end that pegs the E on the extrovert, but in that kind of space, if you're a total introvert, this may be perfect for you and you may love it beyond everything. But for those of us more extroverted, certainly the potential for loneliness, for isolation is there. And that feeds into also, you miss all of the social connections that you have in in an office environment. You know, you miss out on the hallway conversations, the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler, learning about what else is going on in people's lives just by the ambient side conversations and things like that. You don't have shared lunches. You're not going on walks with colleagues. You're not playing games, foosball or ping pong or something like that. There's not, there's no, hey, you want to get together on Saturday. You know, No drinks after work or birthday parties or social events or things like that. And And there's no bonding through shared experiences. You know, things like, oh, remember that fire drill that interrupted the all town all staff meeting, or you know, when the parking lot was all dug up or the elevators were there. That those shared experiences build bonds and connections between office workers and things that in ways that you can't replicate when everybody is distributed across the world in different parts of things. Now Maybe, again, this can be great news, especially for introverts, because they don't have to have any of those kind of conversations and those kind of things. But it is certainly a, a big a challenge. Another one is is the lack of of physical activity. I, I do mention there was a week I, I rained and I was just really focused, and and somewhere in there, you know, I, I didn't even go out walk our dog. I just let, let her out in the backyard and this kind of thing, and I, I, I had not physically left there. It's super easy to just go and sit in your chair and, and do nothing, and all of those kinds of things, and, and that obviously can be a challenge if you don't do a lot of physical activity. Uh, there you go; that's a, a health problem, and all of that. Yes, I'll talk tomorrow about ways that I've certainly worked to go and mitigate that. But it's a it's a thing, right? You can wind up being there. Now, the other the counterpoint to having no commute, which I talked about yesterday, well, in the previous show three eighty uh, about one of the advantages is that it's interesting that without a commute, one of the big things I've noticed is that there's no transition time. There's no transition between work and home. You know, when you go to work and you commute, you have that moment when you're, you're leaving your family or your home or whatever, you're leaving there and you're transitioning your brain and your body and everything into work mode. And then when you come home, you have that time that you are leaving work you know, you're putting work aside, doing all those kinds of things, and getting into the mindset that now you're back at home, you're back in your space, and that kind of thing. Uh, there's none of that when your home office is or your home is your office. You know, boom, you're done. Okay, now you're into family world, or family is done, now you're into work. And that, I mean, that just takes some getting used to, some, some. And I didn't even realize it for some time until I realized that was a thing, was that I was I kind of needed to figure out that just mentally that was part of it. Another interesting aspect of not having a commute is that I don't have any time to listen to podcasts or things in that mode. I have to find other time. It's there. Now, another disadvantage for me is that it's it's easy to work too much. I I love my job. I'm, I'm in a great thing. I'm doing great stuff. I, I love it. I could be in my office at 6 a.m. in the morning and stay there until 10 or 11 p.m. at night. I could just do that. It's very hard for me to turn it off. Now, some people have the issue that, and, and some people on Twitter comment on this, that they have a hard time. Uh, getting going at home. There's too many distractions. There's household chores. There's things that need to be vacuumed, whatever. I mean, things like this, they, they find it hard to actually work. For me, it's the opposite. It's hard to turn it off. Now, in fairness, this is also true of office workers, right? You can go into the office, spend your work day there, then come home and work another four hours. So it's not, you know, it's not something unique to remote workers, but the reality is that with your home office right there, it's super easy just to get out of bed, go over into there, turn on the computer, start to work. Super easy to go and do that. The other thing, another counterpoint is that, as I mentioned in the previous show, that you are your own IT department. So you get to go and set up your computers like you want, your screens, all that kind of stuff. But the counterpoint is that if something's broken, you're the one fixing it. You are the IT department. You know, uh, firewalls, security, those are your responsibility. Uh, Backups, restoring, all of those kinds of things. If a hard drive dies, if a keyboard doesn't work, whatever, that's on you. Either you or you have to bring it somewhere, or contact somebody locally, or do something like that. If the internet access goes down, it's on you. You know, it's there is that element that you have to plan ahead and think about because you are your own IT department in some way. You also have to um, uh, the food aspect. You know, I mentioned in show three hundred and eighty. It's great. You can just go down, get your own food, do all that. You're in control of what you're dieting. All those different kinds of things. But the uh, the counterpoint to that is that. It's super easy to get your own food, and I have certainly found, especially the last couple of years, I've discovered that I've had this issue where I've just kind of been grazing all day. It's easy to overstack. I, I can just go down and get a glass of water, and then, oh, let me just get a few chips because I'm kind of a little hungry, and let me get that, so whatever else. And so you can kind of wind up grazing all day long, which you wouldn't probably do in an office environment. There's also a thing that, I, and I'm guilty of this as well, there's a whole thing around sort of eating in meetings. You know, would you necessarily uh, bring a, come into a meeting room in an office environment with a, with a big bowl of chips and sit there and eat them? You probably wouldn't, but in a, in a remote environment, when you're on by video or something like that, Hey, just bring that bowl in and sit there and eat it while you're on the call. It's not, uh, there's not the same social norms or conventions that might prevent you from doing that in an office environment. Now, yes, you could turn off your video, turn off your audio, whatever, but it's just kind of one of those interesting things. You also don't have the ability to just have quick conversations. You know, when I worked in a, in a cubicle world, it was easy enough to just stand up and look over and see, hey, was Fred there? Was he available? Great, and I can just look and add, ask Fred a question or I could roll my chair backwards and, and look over and see and, and there he was. I can throw out a question, ask him, do that kind of thing. Now, I can do that with, with Zoom, with Slack, with things like that. I can go and ping people and see if they're there but, you know, like even doing a video call Regardless of what platform you're on, there's a certain amount of setup time, right? It has to go and initiate the call, and then the person on the other end has to receive it, and uh, and they have to do that. And sometimes, you know, that's not as easy as just rolling your chair back and seeing if Fred's there and asking him a question. Now, Fred may, of course, appreciate that you can't do that, right? But anyway, you also can't see that a group of people are available and just grab them for a quick meeting. You know, you might. Pop up your head above cubicle world and look around and see. Oh yeah, okay. There's Fred and Sue and George and whatever. And let's go and and get them together. Uh, you can see, of course, online presence, but but online presence lies a little bit, right? It, it says is your app open on your computer, and is it you know is it, is your computer currently unlocked or whatever else that type of thing? It doesn't know whether you've stepped out of your home office to go to the bathroom or to do something else, whatever else. So it's not necessarily true what's what's in there another factor that's a positive side is that you can be home when your kids are home or something like that uh, and be able to be with them or help them but they can also be be a distraction right you can have any kind of uh, you know if there's a sickness you've got to be helping with them if there's a snow day as there is up here in the in the northeast united states you know snow day is awesome for everybody else but then all of a sudden you're like oh the house is full of people and noise and things like that and, and that can be a, a distraction in some way. And then, uh, of course, another distraction. Yeah, we love those home pets, right? And it's great. We can have them. But how many times as a remote worker have I had the dog, who I love dearly, but she will go and, and bark Uh, tremendously because she heard somebody else in the house or somebody came up or somebody came home or something like that. And I'm right in the middle of a phone call with customers or with, uh, with other people, other teams, other, other places like that. You know, I mean, now my mitigation, of course, has been when I know I have a call that I don't want her to, to be distracted. I will, you know, put her somewhere else in the house and not in my office. But in the meantime, you know, it's happened so many different kinds of things. Another point that I the people pointed out, and, and this is also something I've seen, was that career advancement may be somewhat limited in certain types of organizations. And this goes back to what, what kind of organization are you in? If you're in one that is primarily office-based with a few remote workers, then you're at a high risk of being out of sight, out of mind. You're not physically with the leaders, the managers, and other people like that. I had the situation with a with a a role prior to where I am now. and uh, and it was a situation where I was you know a couple hundred miles away from the office, you know out of out of sight, not around things. and when an acquisition happened and you know there was synergies and all those kinds of things, I was not there. I was also not tied to direct revenue, so it was a bigger issue. But in the meantime, there is this issue that if you aren't there, you're not necessarily seen. Now, the company I work for today, the Internet Society, uh, where I've worked since 2011, we are a, a, a largely distributed organization. We are a global nonprofit that has, we have an office in Virginia, we have an office in Switzerland, we have scattered other offices in, in different areas, but the majority of our staff works uh, works remotely from their own home offices. And even the people who are associated with offices oftentimes work from their homes or work from other events or different places and things like that. So we are a very distributed environment, and so remote employees are on par with the physical office employees in many ways, not all, but in many ways. So, you know, my manager is in the United Kingdom, in the UK. Uh, My other teammates are in different parts of the world. Actually, on our larger communications team, I think there's maybe two of us, two people, who are actually in one of our offices out of a team of maybe 12, 12 people or so on that. So that's something to be thinking about. If you're considering going into a home office environment, that's uh, that's something to be thinking about. You you have to be careful around that because you may not be seen or might not know about those kinds of things. Another thing I've noticed is I mentioned in the first call, um, the first episode about the idea that there was a potential that you could, you know, because you're not commuting, your carbon footprint might be lower, et cetera, things like that. Well, <laughs> with a home office, your electricity and utilities are things that, you are paying. So, you know, you are you have more electricity. I know I run a good bit of electricity because I've got a couple different computers. I've got some displays. I've got printers. We've got those stuff and it's on pretty much all the time. You also might have climate control things. You know, I work in the, in Vermont, in the northeastern United States. This time of year, it's cold. We're heating the house. In the summer, we might be air conditioning the house. Well, if I worked in an office environment during the day, I might not have that running right you know, you know just turn the temperature down or up whichever version you're at and and have that off during the day but when i'm working at home of course uh, i need that on or i want that on so i'm paying for that those were some of the many things that that i found uh, that are disadvantages over the years that are there uh, again probably the biggest thing is that you know that lack of social things that goes on that that loneliness that disconnection is there again i'll talk tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, but in the next episode, in episode 382, about ways that I've found that I think are helpful in doing this. Now, when I asked this question out on on Twitter, many people came back with the same kind of comments, uh, but there were a number of others. Some people mentioned the distractions at home and the household chores and getting started. Some people mentioned the casual dress code, which can lead to so casual that people are just in their pajamas or whatever there is that running joke in in remote working about people only care what you wear from the waist up because that's pretty much all you see so you could wear whatever It, it is also much more casual i mean i have a whole rack of ties that i've never worn uh lately because there we are people also commented that the video meeting software is never good enough it's never it doesn't truly give you that experience of being in the physical presence of people Some others commented that spending a day on video can be tiresome, sitting down full time. And that's true. Part of what I've done is I I will sometimes take video calls on an iPad or something that allows me to move around or to be in a different place. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. 382 tomorrow. So another comment was reliance on web-based systems, which many of us use as remote workers, do require a higher level of bandwidth. And that's an interesting one. People connecting in from lower bandwidth areas, you know, may find that it's hard to be a remote worker and to do that. And that's definitely true. If you're going to be remote working in today in 2019, you really need to think about do you have sufficient internet access, sufficient bandwidth, sufficient quality of a connection. Another concern and I've certainly lived this is time zone management. You know, it's hard to schedule meetings. I just was on one earlier uh, today where I had people from um, Ethiopia, from Serbia, from parts of the U.S. and from Mexico. You know, all of it. It was 5 p.m. on one end, and it was 8 a.m. on the other. Arranging things, and this didn't even get into bringing somebody in from um, uh, from Asia Pacific. Uh, this is the week of IETF 106. I'm trying to do some. Meetings that are in Singapore, which is 13 hours ahead of things. Time zone management can make scheduling meetings super difficult. For me on the U.S. East Coast, what it means, because I have a lot of European and African colleagues, a lot of my morning is just jammed with scheduled meetings because that's that's when the overlap is that makes sense. Others commented on uh, brainstorming online isn't quite as effective. Some people talked about, and I think this again goes to people who are remote for a, a primarily office-based organization, they felt a certain exclusion or discrimination sort of unconsciously just because you aren't there in the conversations. You're not, you know, it, it's, it's harder to, there's more friction to meet with you than there is to meet with Fred or Sue who are just over in the other cubicles there. And so even though it's they're not consciously trying to, you know, not include you, the reality is they just do because it's easier. There's less friction to talk to the folks in the cubicles next door than it is to bring you in. Some people mentioned the idea that there might be a bit of a bad perception, you know, with some of the not people working in office because they have to deal with, you know, nightmarish traffic and, and you don't. So... You know, it's kind of a little bit of, well, you know, you're lucky or, or this kind of thing. It's it's a bit of a thing around that. And people mentioned to this whole thing that you have to remind people that you're out there. And again, if you're in that space where you're not fully distributed, that can be a, a strong issue. Multiple people commented on the issue of boundaries between work and life. And noting that some people within your organization assume that, because you work at home, you have 24 by seven availability, you know, they can just find you. People can get in touch with you, whatever. And so, yeah, so it happens to be one in the morning. Let me just send you stuff and expect you to respond or something like that. Also an issue that family and friends not understanding work time, you know, Hey, well, yeah, Dan works at home so he could go and pick up, uh, you know, somebody at school or, or pick up something from that. Uh, I would mention that actually my family and friends do understand that and do understand that I have very specific hours and things that I'm doing and, they, and they're they very respectful of that. But people on Twitter commented that they're not, you know, people are just like, oh, I can just barge in because, you know, they're at home or something like that. And somebody else had commented about the lack of routine and this gets to something for tomorrow for, well, the next episode 382, but they'd found that uh, it was, it was, uh, they, they had the lack of routine caused them to have challenges with, uh, with, with being not being motivated to get to work or things like that. And so uh, and not and feeling too guilty to go out for a run, they said. So those were some of the comments that people left on Twitter. And uh, again, I think there's a lot that you have to consider. Now in the next episode we'll talk about some of the lessons learned and some of the ways to go and mitigate all of these disadvantages. But there are definite disadvantages to working remotely and, and not being in an office environment. So I would love to hear comments you can, if, you, if any of these resonate with you, or if you have additional things that I didn't cover in all of this, please feel free to leave them as comments wherever you see this on social media, or if you have a SoundCloud account and want to log in and leave it there, you can do it at soundcloud.com slash York where this episode is, and I would uh, look forward to hearing any of those. In the meantime... Stay tuned for the next episode, 382, where I'll talk about some of the lessons I've learned and again, what others shared on Twitter as far as how they have figured out how to survive and thrive in a home office environment. So with that, you can find more of my audio and writing at danyork.me. And thanks for listening. Bye for now.